Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. I'm Mark Halpin. I'm Michael Dwyer and we have a special guest on this episode 8. It's a bumper packed episode with plenty of articles and plenty of comedy too. Dominic Goland, you're welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, I'm not sure what articles I can provide but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dominic, we, we are going to uh, come to you very shortly with uh, stories of your experience in comedy. It's a gr- real pleasure to have you. Um, just as a bit of background... I suppose Mark and I went to secondary school with you and now we find ourselves uh, all grown up in this big bad world and uh, we just want to hear how you've got on since um, since leaving Gorey Community School and that bedrock of education in, in Esmond Street. But anyway, let's move on now to Parish of the Week. We go to Mooncoin in County Kilkenny and the parish priest there, Father Tobin, he ended his mass recently and he told Man United fans to suck it up as he played You'll Never Walk Alone at the end of a recent mass. Play the tape there Robbie. But these times have not been ordinary. They've been extraordinary. But you have been also extraordinary good. And for that I thank you. And for all the people from Liverpool or who support Liverpool we're going to have our final hymn for you this morning. And let the Man Uniteds and the Man Cities and the Chelsea's and all the rest of them suck this up. When you walk through a storm. Yeah, as you can see there, he's very he's a pretty popular man. One Facebook comment read, We are so lucky to have Father Tobin. Every parish could do with a priest like him. He really understands the people. What a great story, Mark. Proper scouse, isn't he? Yeah. Give it a few weeks and he'll have the mass goers chanting and lighting flares. <laughs> or going outside after mass to fight a neighbouring parish who were waiting outside the grounds for them. The holy hooligans, they should call themselves. <laughs> yeah, that is the rural parish of Mooncoin and they will be delighted that they have the Parish of the Week title for this week from Papers Tuesdays on this episode 8. Now, a real touching story from the newspapers this week. The Westmeath Independent Mark has the story of an at-loan man who has given the gift of life to his fiance? Can you think of a more admirable act? It's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Beautiful. It was third time lucky for our teacher and Tubber native Brianna Reynolds as the third appointment at Bowman Hospital resulted in a, in a successful kidney transplant. Five years ago, she discovered she had a kidney disease. She was on dialysis three times weekly, and that has all ended now, thanks to her boyfriend's uh, charitable gesture. At loans, Shane Hunter gifted her a ki- kidney. They've been dating since 2009, and they'll get married in 2021, and Shane works as a guard in Tullamore. So what do you make of all of that, Mark? They obviously have a very strong relationship, don't they? They do, they yeah. do. I think he's a very clever man, you know, in a few years' time when they are married, you know, and like maybe the dishes are, aren't washed or something, like he can always turn around and say, come on, I gave you the kidney that time. Like, come on, give me a bit of sack, you know. Yeah, well, I know people who wouldn't share an ice cream with the other half, let alone a body part. <laughs> <laughs> I'd share a body part with you, with you though, Michael. Oh, man. Yeah, well, maybe not, some, maybe not something as big as a kidney, but maybe like a clavicle or an armpit. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, <laughs> what's a clavicle? It's either a collarbone or a jawbone, I'm not sure. Okay, well look, at least I know where I stand with you anyway. <laughs> Our Cork's Evening Echo covers the story of Cork City Councillor Terry Shannon, who was starring in a Super Value TV ad wearing a towel on his head, a dressing gown, a white dressing gown, and uh, black sunglasses while mock promoting Super Value's crisp breads. 
it was just such a random photograph and article that I thought, you know, we have to include this. And I, we might throw it up on the old Insta as well. Mm. Um, it's um, So, yeah, he's uh, he thought he'd get away with it because he uh, has a lockdown beard. But the people of Cork spotted him and they were re- rewinding his television, their television sets to catch a glimpse of their local councillor. Uh, councillor Shannon thought it was gas. He's a big believer in not taking yourself too seriously. And he expects an IFTA and an Oscar from the performance. And he may even start his own show. The old offenders. So the old uh, offenders. Yeah. yeah. Also, shout out to Super Value for this article. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just trying to get get stuff from Super Value. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Have you ever had their crisp breads, Mark? <laughs> I haven't. No. I, I, they sell wild rabbit and venison, which I bought before. Actually, that was okay. Nice. Yeah, and that's where I would have got kombucha as well before I got you. Yeah. Well, kombucha track. They do have a lot of Irish suppliers. Mm, yeah. Not you yet. No, you. No. So, so if you're selling is still poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> it is too potent at the moment but Super Rally I'll come for you or look you come for us either whatever whatever way it's going to go Homer away you come <laughs> TikTok seems to be the launch pad to public embarrassment doesn't it I think like we need to get on the talk because this just isn't doing the trick I try, okay. we're trying our best <laughs> but it's not working uh, we had a song last week we have a comedian this week you know we're, we're going up in the world we, yeah, we we're, move. I, I don't oh, think no. that's going up in the world <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of moving up in the world, big news from this week's Fermanagh Herald. The U Enniskillen Dog Park has come in for criticism. Local dog expert Sharon West. Now, I'm just going to reiterate that this is a direct quote from the newspaper. Local <laughs> dog expert Sharon West. How she got the title, beggar's belief. Says that the size and safety compared to other dog parks, like the one in Oma, County Tyrone, is concerning. She says you won't be able to let your dog off the leash in the Enniskillen Park, and if people are there that don't have control over a poorly socialised dog, and I quote, you could potentially end up with damaged dogs and damaged people. (laughs) Damaged dogs and damaged people, are they packets of crisps? (laughs) Or bonnets of cars? (laughs) I, I just find this story fascinating. Like, dog parks. I've never heard of a dog park. Northern Ireland must just have these luxuries. No, they do have them in Australia. They have dog parks. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's, one, there's one in Dublin anyway. Oh, right. We're in Cuntar. City folk. Cuntar. Surely, though, any park is a dog park. Isn't it? Is there, do- is there parks that don't allow dogs? I'd imagine so, yeah. For the uh, our generation. Because our generation are soft and scared of everything. So. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you agree with the local dog expert? I do, yeah, yeah. I'd like do to you? see her credentials first. <laughs> yeah, is it like a, just a poorly qualified vet, or is it like <laughs> she judges a dog show field days? Yeah, maybe, but like, I don't think it's an issue. Like, just like keep the dogs on the leash. Like, don't people make mountains out of molehills nowadays just to get on the front page of the Fermanagh Herald? That's what I'm going to say. They do, yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, well done to the teamwork of local journal Kathy Lee and photographer Ger Lacey. I'm sure we're all fans of Ger Lacey here, correct? Oh, 100%. Yeah, big, fans, big fans. Noted. They made the Irish Daily Mirror last week with the story of Gory Pipe Band parading around the estates of Gory, including Meadowgate. And we actually have a report, a match report, from uh, the band's performance here in Meadowgate. Play the tape, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought it was a really, really nice um, surprise for everybody. Um, just on a nice summer's evening. Um, they're a really, really talented group of musicians and it brought everybody out and everyone was clapping and cheering for them, which was totally deserved. Um, and 
just brought the whole estate together. Amazing. Thanks for that, Kira. Uh, yeah, so uh, Pike Man John Cullen said the band got a great welcome from people standing on their lawns and balconies. And they've prayed and now they can add to their list of uh, venues that they've performed at, including Meadowgate, Air Street, the Main Street and the Garden City. So they're covering the whole allegory with their sweet sounds. What's the definition of a gentleman, Michael? I don't know. Someone who knows how to play the bagpipes and doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> there is absolutely no way if this happened in Castletown that it wouldn't be a flash flood. <laughs> and them bastards outside my fucking window. Especially now as well. You're going up to pipe bands and it's the 11th of July. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Janie. I hope uh, they don't do it. Uh, I hope they didn't do it on the 12th. I, I, I hope this trend was tomorrow. <laughs> I hope they didn't do it tomorrow. <laughs> I hope they didn't do it tomorrow. Oh, we go up on the Tuesday, so I'm, oh, here. I'm, I'm here judging oh, the right. audience, you know. This is future, Mike. <laughs> oh, I think it's time for Flash for Lunch. Hey, I've see, I seen something this week, and, and it really... Um, really annoyed me, right? There's two statues of Luke Kelly in Dublin. Now, one of them's at Sheriff Street, okay? This is the first part of the question. Who thought of putting a statue at the bottom of Sheriff Street and saying, that'll be safe enough there? Lads, cars are lucky to be safe on Sheriff Street, let alone statues, all right? Like, and this is the second problem, right? Dublin people, they face in a statue of one of their own. Luke Kelly is one of the great men of Ireland, and you see these gurras going around defacing the statue. I don't get it, right? Fair enough, okay. It's not it's not the stat the statue with a big hedgehog on the M eleven and someone drawing a pair of eyes on it. But you know that's a little bit different. Hedgehogs are supposed to have eyes. Luke Kelly isn't supposed to have paint on his face and it, and it's annoying and it, and it's not right and and just down with that sort of thing in general. I like the way he nearly said Luke Kelly isn't supposed to have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> What do you make of these goraz? Oh, there we go, isn't it? He's back again. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I have to agree with him in the sense that uh, hedgehogs are supposed to have eyes. And yeah. Luke Kelly isn't supposed to have paint on his face. <laughs> he is right there. So, uh, is this going to be the first week that Michael Dwyer agrees with Flood? Or did you find something wrong there? I, I have to agree. I have to agree 100%. Flash Flood. Give it Welly. <laughs> he's He's really hit the nail on the head it's a it's a really random trend that started you know this is going on months now of people painting on luke kelly yeah it is but then again it's a terror well is this the, uh, the one he's on about now is this the one with the curly hair yeah that's such a stupid idea it's awful it's a quite bad um statue right it's just the hair like it look he looks like a yard brush <laughs> right but see, with art, does it not get a license to do whatever? I know we discuss art every so often here, and abstract art and the likes. But like, yeah. does art not get a license to put Our yard brush hair on Luke Kelly? Is that art though? Is it's it not, statue it's, art? It's just a head. I suppose it is actually. <laughs> it's just a head, a big scary head that looks like a sneezing. Yeah. Uh, he also touched on something interesting about you know the location of these statues, Sheriff Street. Oh yeah. Oh, right. I, I only know um. What's, I don't even know it. What's oh. the name of the one Coppers is on? <laughs> Harcourt Street. I only know Harcourt Street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know Harcourt Street. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I agree with James. I never thought I'd come to say it, but look, he made his point well. And I, I think the sentiment of it is totally correct. It, what's interesting is why, you know, why there is clearly a few very determined individuals that are um, leading this uh, vandalism. 
Any ideas or thoughts? Uh, there's a lot of people buying paint because of lockdown. Right. And <laughs> I think they don't want to paint. Okay. So how else do you get rid of paint? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Maybe what's so. in Sheriff Street that you can throw paint at? Yeah. A stat- one statue. <laughs> it's right. We have that theory. I this actually tickled my fancy a few days ago, and I dug deep into the internet, and I went into the journal.ie comments section. Okay. And <laughs> there, there were at least three comments that say that they're, the people that are painting the statues are people that disagree with his political views. That he was very left wing, uh, apparently. I didn't yeah. really know that he was into politics, but apparently yeah, he was socialist. To, yeah, he is. You have to listen to like, the songs. A lot of them. Well, the only one I can think of now is, what's the one about the, the young child with special needs? Scorn not his simplicity. Yeah. You find socialism in that. Well, it's not right wing. Okay, but uh, it does not just speak about the dignity of the child. It pro yeah no it def- yeah it does. But would a right wing person do that? Ooh, I like the songs about the pints. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, this is an ideal time to dig deeper into you as <laughs> the individual. So you grew up in Castletown. We. Well, Tara, Tara Hill. Tara Hill. Very, me. very different. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like growing up in Tara Hill? Uh, it was very boring. There was like, I think me and my cousin were the two. No, me, my cousin, and the lad I didn't like were the three children who lived in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, like, when I was young, I kind of hated it because there was no one around. There's nothing to do. But the older I get, I'm kind of like, I like the hill and I like the beach. Yeah. And they're both there. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate the beauty of it more now. Yeah. And we kept, well, Mark knew you before, but I came to know you in secondary school and in Gorey Community School. And it's fair to say that I always thought you had a very cheerful disposition about you. You kind of kept to yourself quiet enough. Is that, would, would that be a fair reflection oh, yeah, of your I'm, secondary I'm, school I'm, years? I'm very quiet. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally, that's why I got the wine, so I talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you... The nickname Peanut, that kind of was interchangeable with your first name, Dominic. Uh, where did you get if, the nickname? If anything, I'd say people were surprised I was called Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> it was in, what was a fifth class, a lad who is now in jail uh, grabbed my head and he shook it and, it rat- and something inside it rattled. Like, you know, like a peanut. And <laughs> that's why I got called that. And then the first day of secondary school, uh, you know... Yeah, uh, I met him once, and someone told him my nickname, and we just happened to be in the same room. And he stood up, and he was the only person I knew vaguely. And he was like, "Don't they call you Peanut?" And then it just stuck for like six years. <laughs> and you went what you studied uh, history and politics in in UL, is that right? It was uh, history, politics, um, sociology, and social science. Okay, yes, yeah. uh, the arts now. cocktail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, is that where you started gigging for comedy gigs? It was, but I wanted to do it since I was 12. First really? time, First time I seen it on telly, I wrote my first joke the next day. Right. Because I do just you, thought it was like... Do you remember the joke? What? Do you remember the joke? Yeah, shit. It was... Uh, <laughs> my fish were smelly, so I washed them. And, and then I realised you actually do wash fish if you have them. <laughs> I just thought it was like, fish live in water, why do you wash them? Like... <laughs> I actually um, I know a fellow who thought his fish was sick once when he was a child and he took it out of the fish bowl and tucked it into his bed and the fish ended up dying oh gosh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we can't really laugh you're the man who took starfish out of the sea and thought you were 
You didn't know that they were living creatures. I thought they were like toys from the ocean. I didn't think they were alive. <laughs> and so during secondary school then you would you have been coming home and like adding to these jokes or yeah i had a book really i had a, I had a book at the side of my bed every night i slept by it like you know when you're struggling to get asleep yeah i know like i'd come up with a joke and then i just write that down and then i put the book at the side of my bed and like just fall asleep and then the next day i kind of do the same thing that's and deadly how many books would you have gathered by sixth year uh well it was all puns i, I wrote puns at first then it developed into poems and uh, then it went into like uh, sketches and kind of plays and stuff. Okay. And puns, I remember it was over 500 anyway. And then a few poems and one play that I wrote in TY. Oh my gosh. Did you tell many people about this? No. <laughs> Absolutely no. I just thought it was like, um, I thought they'd laugh at me if I said really? I wanted to be a comedian. And now they do laugh at you. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you ever hear the old joke? I wanted to, um, when I wanted to be a comedian, people laughed at me. Well, they're not laughing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, when did you? When was your first gig? Uh, first gig was in second year of college. I was too frightened the first year. Right. And then I thought I need to. I need to drink more to build up confidence. <laughs> Describe. How you felt when you saw was it a poster of the UL Comedy Club meeting this Monday night? It must have been like, oh, that's my home. Yeah, I uh, well, like I knew it was always there, and I always wanted okay. to go, but I just kept putting it off for yeah. so long. I was like, uh, I'm not, I'm not that funny. They won't like me. They're, you know, they're all really funny. Turns out they weren't. Uh, <laughs> and if actually, if any of them are listening to you, yes, are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, and then. Second year, I was like, right, if like I think about this so much that I actually kind of need to get it out with me. So I was like, yeah. that's when I was like, I so need to get into it then. What year was that when you were in second year? That was, well, like second year. No, but 2015? Uh, uh, yeah, 2015, yeah, yeah. Okay, so since then, you've kind of developed a bit of a tempo behind you and you're now gigging. Yeah, first time I did it, it actually went really well. And then didn't go well for I'd say another six months after that oh right I still always wanted like I knew I could do it I just needed time and like if you're ever getting into stand up if anyone ever is you're you're going to need to fail like Like, and it's probably good to just get it out straight away Mm. yeah so obviously an an adrenaline rush comes with particularly your first few times getting on the stage like your heart surely is like pounded it's it's a really strange thing like if you have a public speaker Mm. as a child it's really weird Mm. you know but there is that adrenaline of like would you still get that now like would you still get uh yeah if a joke goes well yeah and even if it doesn't i'm kind of like i i get an adrenaline rush because i know i'm annoying people do you get it before you go on stage (laughs) though uh not really well I, i get it more after Mm. like I just kind of I have this thing that I do in my head before I go on stage and then I do that and then I'm just kind of what's not, the thing? Uh, I kind of roll is it a secret? <laughs> no I kind of roll the to- my tongue at the top of my mouth and I say a kind of mantra in my head three times and I try not to breathe when I'm doing it so it kind of gets my head like a little bit uh, wobbly and I'm like alright once my head's wobbly I'm like I'm, I'm ready now the mantra is basically uh, what is a uh, uh, it's not for money it's not for fame it's not for people to know my name my only purpose is to entertain wow and I'm, cool, sa- I'm saying unreal. that while I'm kind of going <laughs> like that okay so pe- people think it's fucking nuts <laughs> <laughs> like I'm saying that and I'm, I'm saying that in my head and I'm doing that and I'm not breathing like the only breathing I'm doing is rolling my tongue <laughs> 
Wow. But then okay. Okay, yeah, kind of it, it gets you in the kind of frame of mind you need to get. So what happened in Ghana? Uh, basically in college they said uh, we can go work on first semester. Yeah. Yeah. Was work, working in a leper colony and orphanage. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, so what were you doing? Uh, I was working in the office. I was trying to get people to uh, donate money to it so I could buy solar panels and water towers so they could be self-sufficient. Well, you were living in Ghana doing this, were you? Yeah. What's Ghana like? It's actually, it's it's cool enough. After about four months, right, Every every time... There's this weird thing in Ghana, right? It's it kind of t- taught me that racism is all over, but it's it's in different forms, obviously. Uh, every time I went outside or went to like a village, people would be shouting, uh, "Ah, Brunny," you know, "Ah, Brunny, how are you? I am fine, thank you." That's like a little thing that they're taught in like primary school, hmm. and everywhere I'd be hearing of Brunny, Brunny, Brunny. Brunny means white person, but literally means slippery rat dog. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Okay. And what they told me to do was say uh oh Bibini back at them, which mean literally means the noble one, but it like means black person. But like I didn't want to go around African villages being like, Hello black people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That like that kind of got got on me like that really annoyed me after a few months. And it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't have really, but it's you know, everywhere you're here and you know, you go into a room people just think white person. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like I can see why they think that, obviously historical reasons and all that, but it's personally living it. It's, it's Did you experience any personal development yourself living oh, there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I stopped caring what people think. Okay. Um, I got less of an ego. I realised that, this, this is a bit dark now, but I realised that people die a lot of the time and nobody ever knows about it. Yeah. Like, um, there was one thing that really troubled me when I seen, seen it, that, um, <clears throat> do you want me to, like, is a, talk about it right um i was coming out of the orphanage uh no actually i was in the office sorry and my manager was like right you're gonna have to take a picture of this lad called pa kwasi and i was thinking because his first name is pa i was thinking he's an old man you know growing up in ireland okay. anyone called pa is old yeah. and i was looking around for this lad called pa and someone pointed out this really young child he's like two or three maybe and he's in a white gown and I was just taking pictures of him away, you know, and I was like, why am I taking so many pictures of this lad? And one of the nuns is like, right, uh, see those two old people over there beside him? They're his grandparents. They're now looking after him because his parents had four children and they had AIDS and the parents died. Then all the other children died and he's the last one left. And now the grandparents are basically just waiting for him to die. And I was just like, that, like, because that really fucking affected me there. And is this why you have less of an ego? Because you see the humility of seeing someone else with because days, minutes, hours, a finite amount of time left, like us all. But yeah. because it's more, you know, because of this horrible disease or... No, you go back home and then you hear people complaining that people aren't liking enough, liking their pictures enough on Facebook. And you're like, fuck off. This, this isn't the a bus is problem. late or yeah. something like that the boss people get so fucking worked up here over little problems and like people there are happy and they have fucking massive problems okay like, like money then it kind of doesn't solve problems so you, I kind of just from that point wanted to spend my life looking for happiness for myself rather than like money okay because mm. I don't really give a fuck about it to be honest yeah and it's just one aspect of life it's not the root 
Yeah. Yeah. So you're just not going to bring you happiness. It's no. going to ease some situations for you. In yeah, terms you're going to have a roof over your head. You're going to have a car. But you can still be miserable. Yeah. A lot of rich people jump off bridges. Yeah. Fair enough. If someone gave me a million euro, I wouldn't say no. But it's, you know, it, I don't think it's uh, people who search their whole lives for, you know, and they fucking panic for that, you know, the millions that they're never going to get anyway. Yeah. It's, it, like just it's not what it's advertised. Happy. It's not what it's advertised to be. Yeah. Money. It's not good. That's not the root of happiness. It's yeah. Just just to link it then to what you said at the start that yeah. you you aren't now going to let um, other people's opinions affect you. Is that totally linked, or is there something else there? Um, I think I was kind of that way anyway. I was always kind of self not self sufficient, but like um, independent in a way. Okay. But um. There was also the fact that, like, I nearly died, like, nine times out there. Now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. And after that, I'm just, um, like, it's quite liberating, nearly dying. Like, it's... it's oh, it, what happened? Sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, first time, um, I was just walking along, and I was listening to, I remember this so fucking clearly, I was listening to Frank Sinatra, and one of the earphones just happened to fall out of my ear, and I heard this, like, gas leak. I was like... I'm like there's no you know that's weird there's a gas leak and then i was like we don't use gas here and i looked down and i was just about to step on a snake that while i pulled back went for me so i just kind of jumped back right in the at the right right time basically went around told the carpenter who just happened to be he was the closest person and that there's a snake there and he just got a piece of wood and just started beating the fuck out of <laughs> and then just threw it into a ditch <laughs> Afterwards, and afterwards, I just sat down and laughed my fucking head off. And then uh, I was sitting under a tree that a coconut dropped on. Uh, and like literally a minute beforehand, I stood, I sat up and walked away. And while it, the fucking coconut dropped and broke the chair I was sitting on. Um, the other time <laughs> was the other time was actually weird because um, I was in a I was in a safari park like traveling around. And um, I didn't, <laughs> I uh, I didn't have any skins for all the cigarette, but uh, I thought you know I could use a, I could use a book, and I didn't I didn't have one of my books. <laughs> I well no I didn't want to use one of my books because you know I like my books, uh, and I used a book that was in that hotel. Ghana is a very very religious country, so uh, the only book that was there was the Bible. So I wrote sorry Jesus on one side. <laughs> And then ripped out half of the page of the Bible and rolled a cigarette with that. Uh, the next morning, I overslept my alarm, which was to go to a place with massive waterfalls. There was two ways to get there. One was two buses going 12 hours each. The other was a boat going 12 hours just by itself. So, you know, I wanted the boat. But because I overslept the alarm, I had to get the buses. Um, first bus, like, I don't, like, African buses are fucking horrible. They don't leave, they don't leave until they're full, first of all. <laughs> Imagine if Wexford bus was like that. Oh my gosh. They don't leave right. until they're full. You're going through, like, sandy places. People in front of you will have, like, the window open. There's sand going into your eyes for the whole fucking six hours, 12 hours, whatever it is. And I got then to a place, after the first bus, got to a place that wasn't on the map. It was a one-star African motel. There was, uh, the door didn't lock, the window was broken. Uh, someone drew a scorpion on the table and wrote Arabic beside it. So I didn't know what the fuck they were saying about scorpion. And then the next day got on the next bus, had to wait till it was full for three hours. 
And I was thinking for this whole time, I'm thinking this is fucking hell. This is like one of the worst moments of my life. And then I got to this place where the waterfalls were and I sat down in the restaurant and um, I was looking at the TV and it was kind of like a, a lake scene and two words I recognized beside the number 58. And I didn't realize why I recognized the words. And so I asked and it turns out the words, which are Fumarmati, uh, which was the name of the boat I was supposed to go on, which sank and 58 people drowned on it. And I missed it because um, I overslept the alarm. <laughs> Holy shit. It must have felt pretty long six months. It was, but um, like, honestly, if I could choose there or somewhere, you know, in Europe, I'd go there just because it'll teach you more about life. Yeah. Uh, like, it'll teach you about capitalism and stuff as well. Like, Africa is a fucking dumping ground for Europe. Uh, like, there's even fucking report. If you ever read, like, uh, the Assange reports, there is, uh, like, Italy are dropping fucking tons of nuclear waste on Somalia now. And all while they're fucking taking tons of, you know, diamonds, gold, oil out. And you, like, actually see that on the ground. And you're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. There's people living in fucking... In, in Ghana or in Somalia? Uh, well, this is all over Africa. Like, okay. So <laughs> did you I, see any direct examples when you are in Ghana? Yeah, I see. Like, one of the biggest dumps in Ghana of people living, and they spend their lives picking shit out of the dump so they could get, like, maybe a cent or two so they could find food. Yeah. Like, these are children as well. Like, these aren't just... <laughs> you know, people would be building houses out of fucking discarded tires from England. Yeah. And they're living in them, looking looking around the place for, like... Maybe a bit of silver that they could sell. And how does the how did the discarded tires do they do they accept imported waste in Ghana? Uh, or? I don't think it's about accepting. I think they just get them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like right. ships come in, they dump them down, they leave them there, they fuck off. Yeah. No, no one says because it's Africa. Who gives a fuck? Have you ever seen a news report? A news report from Africa? Oh, it's rarely, yeah. and it's only yeah. sixty. You know, like Syria really did, never got the airtime. Yeah. When, when it was uh, in the height of it, really, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, no, definitely not, no. Um, when, <laughs> I, I doubt after this podcast, uh, UL are going to sponsor the <laughs> Ghana excursion, uh, fearing no. the insurance claims. Or <laughs> well, um, I would say, like, it's not the fault of UL. Oh, no, not, no, no. And no. to be fair, the charity I was working with, very good. Yeah. Very good people, some of the some of the bravest, smartest people I've ever seen in my life, and all they want to do is help people for fuck all money. Really? Yeah. Like there's one lad he the lad in charge of it. Um, he walks. He used to walk when he went when went to school, uh, ten miles to and from with no shoes or nothing, and then he got a scholarship to Oxford. After that, he got a scholarship to UL. Then he got enough money to go back and set up this kind of place that helps people with leprosy because his mother had it um orphans and disabled children because no one else does that they're mm. they're fuck i'd a hundred percent say if you ever get the chance to work for them if you ever get a chance to fucking donate to them do because they're doing great work what's the name again of the child uh, ahotochrome a-h-o-t-o-k-u-r-o-m right thanks for that yeah, we'll up on our Insta. Um, to get back to the comedy, you you were at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, uh, were you? Yeah, I was. Um, recently. Uh, last year I was. Um, I didn't want to do it this year. I was going to do it next year. Uh, luckily enough, I didn't do it this year because people who, spent you know, put money for it, yeah, uh, lost it all really. And, 
that that's I know it's a commonly referred to title mm. like is it a big deal for comedy would you say it's the only deal for comedy especially in Ireland and the UK uh, right yeah but it's like imagine imagine gory like Main Street and gory you're walking down Edinburgh Jordan the Fringe would be imagine you're walking down that but there's like 500 people wanting you to go into every shop and they're outside and they're having handing flyers to you and they're trying to get you in uh, you know it's that kind of thing uh, it's it's honestly it's great yeah <laughs> I fucking love it. I love flyering and stuff you to, so you were flyering I was flyering my own show right <laughs> that's yeah that's the kind of common thing that's where you know marketing yeah. <laughs> um, like the thing is well when you're flyering you have to kind of stand out Every like a lot of flyers are paid by you know bigger comics to kind of just chuck someone a tenner an hour and they're like yeah but when you pay someone to do it for you it's they just stand at the side of the road holding out a poster mm. like when you do it yourself you kind of have more in it like uh, what I used to do is uh, say do you like Irish people right so everyone else would be saying like do you want to go to this show no do you want to go to this show no do you want to go to this show no do you like Irish people no wait what and, yeah yeah and yeah. then you kind of start up the dialogue there like just call them a racist for <laughs> that's, that's how you get <laughs> and so what, what was it like gigging in uh, Scotland in comparison to Mullingar or like Irish places um especially in Edinburgh because they know it more and it's been there constantly you know every year they they know a lot about it like yeah. about stand up and they you know they know what to look for they know the differences between them all in places like Ireland especially like Mullingar and stuff uh, they don't really you know they might get the occasional person come from Dublin they might maybe someone gets pissed enough that they stand up on a stage there <laughs> but like there's no real in terms of the art form of it it's not the same yeah but um like i had the chance to go to manchester and stuff uh, about last year i think to do stand up and i didn't take it because even though it probably would have been better for like the career of stand up uh, i didn't take it because after doing edinburgh i was like i'm not sure if i want to be a professional comedian because a lot of them live in vans they just go from gig to gig to gig to gig to gig and that's their life and I like to be honest with you, I don't really want to do that. I'd rather you know write or something or be a kind of freelance whatever. Yeah, you don't live your life on the road. You yeah, be more settled. Yeah. Mm. You speak. Said speaking of writing, um, Mark w- was taken by one of your writings. Oh yeah, so we write. Well, being somewhat of a poet myself, Dominic, we <laughs> share we share that um, characteristic, um, but. I came across one of your poems online, if you'd like to mm. recite it for us. Uh, it was, right, it's um, it's a poem I wrote about one of my friends who killed himself, and I wrote it to kind of commemorate his memory. It's called Bang Crash, and uh, it goes like this. Bang Crash, life over in a flash. When I heard the news, it made me somber to find out that one of my best friends was a suicide bomber. You, you were always cool, you were always slick, you were like a rapper when I was a rhymer. I wanted to find out what made you tick, turns out it was the timer. For as long as I knew you, I knew I could never read you, I knew that was true when you joined Al-Qaeda. Uh, couldn't think of a decent rhyme for ISIS. Um, bang, crash, life over in a flash when I heard it gave me the blues, but on the plus side you did make the nine o'clock news. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wonderful. So <laughs> this is a flavour of what your comedy tastes are like. Would that be fair to say? It's it's kind of darker. Yeah. I didn't want it to be, but I just kind of ended up. Well, being that's your that. natural taste. That's that's it's, that's you. Yeah. Like I I would have preferred to be silly. I would have preferred <laughs> to do like Monty Python kind of you know just doing weird noises or whatever. Yeah. But I just found like weirdness kind of more funny, but uh. Yeah, it turns out darkness is just something that's kind of, I've always been like. So when you're coming up with creative content, it's not that you're saying, oh, I need to get this type of joke. It's just, oh, that's funny. It's a... It kind of pops into your head and then you're like, oh yeah, I can either develop on that or... Like, first of all, when something pops into your head, you just write it down on your phone. Just write it down. Whatever, like... Because uh, the amount of shit I've forgotten that's... I've thought was genius at the time. Probably wasn't. But, uh... <laughs> and... It just ended up being dark. Like, uh, it's not a kind of... It's not a, like, I sit down and be like, I want to be this type of comedian. This is how I do it. Uh, like, these are the jokes. You know, these are the things I go for. It's more like, this is something I thought that made me laugh. I write it down. I kind of develop it. And, yeah, it just kind of ended up being dark. Maybe when you mature a bit more, you'll move on to fart jokes. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> And what's your favourite joke that goes down well in these regions? My favourite one is the one I really like, but people don't really laugh at, that I think is genius. Uh, it's, uh, I admired an Ethiopian girl from afar. <laughs> because uh, afar is a region in Ethiopia. No. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, have to expl- do you have to go and say it because... Ethiopia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For that joke to work, you have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> The one that gets the biggest laugh, I think, is um, uh, I knew this old man and he was married to this old woman, which was the style at the time. And and they'd always be walking up and down the street together until one day she stopped walking the street altogether because she died. (laughs) It would have been weird otherwise. And then afterwards, the man completely changed. You know, his shoulders are down. He'd always be looking down. He wouldn't be lifting his feet uh, when he walked. And then he stopped walking the street altogether for about a week and I just happened to be going past his house and I seen him there I seen him on the second floor of his house and he hung himself he hung himself five days beforehand and he is still there swinging which just goes to show how drafty some people's houses are (laughs) (laughs) that that ties in well the theme of that joke with uh, your podcast sitcom that you do yourself (laughs) Yeah. Which I, I highly enjoy now. You've only done two episodes, is it? Yeah, I want to do more, but because it's uh, it's done live, so like it can't be done in the last bit. But uh, I'm right. Yeah, the podcast sitcom is called Dying for Wealth. Uh, it's basically about two brothers who run a funeral home. I don't want to give away the ending, but one of them is going to be a serial killer, and they kill a lot of people, so the funeral business does really well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So that's where can people listen to that now if they want to go? Uh, it's so far on SoundCloud. I might put up on YouTube later. And what are your hopes for the future? So you say that you don't want to go into comedy professionally, but like, I don't know to be honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of I just keep kind of doing the things I like, and hopefully other people like it enough to just let me do that. Yeah. yeah. Get off his case, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your homework? <laughs> <laughs> Where can you go in three months? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years, young man? Like, there's, uh, 
Like um, with college and stuff, I think from that I'd like to be working in unions. Credit or Soviet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both the same, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to play a game of Would You Rather. Yeah. So, uh, we'll start. Okay, so, would you rather have a shower that keeps you clean for seven days or a bed that gives you a full night's sleep in one hour? Bed. I don't really shower that much. <laughs> <laughs> would, you rather, would you rather be able to see through physical things, like clothes, walls, doors, or figurative things, figurative things, like lies, false promises, and scams? Oh, figurative, definitely. Uh, you can make a career out of that. <laughs> would you rather sorry would you rather poop in the only toilet at a party knowing that you're going to block it or poop in the bushes in the back garden is there toilet paper in the back garden dock leaves could in the party could I pin it on someone else or just like wash my hands if situated like not <laughs> See that that would it'd be funny then because you'd be able to blame it on someone else and then they got done for it and then or is it like Dominic did this? No, it's Dominic kind of, did this. It's Dominic oh. did this. Are you, uh, bushes then? Bushes? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> would you, Would you rather have the hiccups for the rest of your life or constantly feel the need to sneeze? Oh. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I genuinely sneeze about twenty times a day. Just I have fucking allergies. Pre COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, a constant. It's a cocaine addiction. <laughs> <laughs> the old Colombian flu. <laughs> um, but I do quite enjoy the hiccups. For a certain amount of time. Yeah. Like it gets a bit old after 30 seconds. And then you just want to die, basically. There's two ways to cure it. And one of, and I haven't tried one way, but one definitely does. It's either like seven, name seven bald people or stick a finger up the anus. <laughs> <laughs> can you not do both uh, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably take the feeling the need to sneeze because it'll stop me sneezing okay would you rather be a strawberry with human thoughts or a human with strawberry thoughts <laughs> uh, a human with strawberry thoughts I'm already from Oxford like you said. <laughs> we basically already have that <laughs> Uh, would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? When? Leave me guessing. Wait, so if you knew when, then you would know when. Yeah, I know. I'll leave you guessing on how. Yeah, but let's say it was how and you died in a, a driving accident. You'd mm. never get in a car again. Mm. Well, you would because that's how you're going to die. So you would have to at some stage. Or two, two, would two you die. be the pedestrian in the driving accident? Mm. Oh, that's oh Jesus! This is, <laughs> don't leave your homes. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got to stick with when? I got to stick with when. Okay, okay. Would you rather fight two hundred ten year olds or a bear with sharks for arms? Sorry, but that one, I didn't say that that clearly. Would you rather fight two hundred ten year olds or a bear with sharks for arms? It was the same thing, no? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Probably the bear. I imagine sh- having sharks wouldn't be good for punching. And you can always punch the shark in the nose. Does that work? That's that- true. You need strong endurance for 210 year olds to. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's fine. You passed on it. Well done. <laughs> Today we learned, well, I didn't really learn anything, but I already knew the ch- hedgehogs and were supposed to have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, what did you learn today? What did I learn? Uh, 
Yeah, I learned about the hedgehog. Uh, the priest with uh, Liverpool. Yeah, I, I don't really remember it to be honest. You don't need to. <laughs> What's the one big takeaway that you're going to take from this podcast? Honestly, I think it's a good podcast. Uh, that's. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just got Very well done. Would you rather, Dominic? <laughs> Dominic, it's been a real pleasure to um, interview you and chat with you. Um, it's You've lived a really interesting life so far, and I really hope you continue to pursue uh, making the world a better place. I think that's what you're all about. Yeah, uh, I think if everyone can just kind of be themselves and just be relatively free you know search for happiness beautiful and on that note you know Mark was driving along and he was getting a bit sentimental uh, yesterday so for the Paper Tuesdays audience and our latest member Harry Cullen here's a few clips or no who the fuck is Harry Cullen uh, Claire Cullen have had a belly so we have one more listener so I just think we need to mention the fact that we have Harry Cullen but anyway (laughs) Yeah, um, here is Mark uh, reminding us all on why we need to lead our best lives today. Good evening. A terrible sadness has come over me, Michael. Good evening, this song is playing on the radio. On beat. And they put it on just after they told the whole story of this Naya Rivera one dying. Very sad. Very, very sad. But life is good. We will wake up in the morning. We will endeavor to persevere. We will go on. We will move forward. We will build. And we will podcast.